PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Welcome to episode 423 of Cinema So musical guest, you too. Are we going to afford that? Do we finally hit the... Well, we have to pay them? <laughs> that's the way it works, Chris. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no. That, that's not good. <laughs> that is that is the way it usually works. Oh, boy. The, um, let's see. Yeah, I got about 20 bucks to my wallet. What do you, what do you yeah, got? You got we, any cash on you? have any cash? I mean, I... I I hope you canceled that plane ticket before before they got on the plane. To get over here. They're here. They're warming <laughs> up. They're in the green room. They got masks on. Bono's vac- vaccinated. He's pushing those AIDS pills, those five dollar HIV pills. Okay, good for him. Yeah, he's all about those things. What about Siege? Is he is he Siege? <laughs> Siege is here. I had a an adipate extra for all his pedals. Yeah. His whole his whole setup. Dude, I'm sure I'm sure oh he has goodness. more pedals than guitars. <clears throat> oh my goodness. We're we're in trouble. We're in serious trouble. Um well that's that's later, so we're gonna worry about that later, right? <laughs> okay, okay. Right. okay. Yeah. In the meantime we have stuff to talk about. We have some uh, a very religious show on this Saint Valentine's Day. Holy cow, it's all coming together quite amazingly because as we know, uh Saint Valentine, Valentine being the saint, patron saint. Uh, first off, Drew Zakaga was there. Drew Zakaga, <laughs> how, how you doing? I, I just want to hear what this spiel of bullshit is. <laughs> you know, I'm just it's just facts. No, I'm just uh, speaking facts. Yeah. Everyone knows Valentine herself, right? Saint Valentine, right, yeah. the lady, mm-hmm. is the patron patron saint of bad audio. I thought it was the patron saint of mass murder, which, which was why the Saint Valentine's Day massacre. That was just a sacrifice to Saint Valentine, right? Yes. <laughs> the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Uh, Vince McMahon was like, we'll just make a pay-per-view. We'll call it that. <clears throat> Why not? Why not? I mean, people died. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. No. Um, 
Yeah, it's, it's for that reason as well. So then, in honor of Valentine's, uh, we all spend too much money on on each other, who are our loved ones, or we sit around being sad that we don't have loved ones to spend money on. Maybe we spend money on ourselves, we treat ourselves a good time. Maybe I deserve a box I mean, of chocolates. Give me some Godivas with the dark uh, love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, St. Valentine, the patron saint of either giving or receiving diabetes. Yes, Yes, St. Valentine, the patron saint of either giving or receiving HPV. <laughs> that too. <laughs> either or. Yeah. What do you want? You want diabetes? You want throat cancer from cunnilingus? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, neither of those things sound very good. Hey, look, this is a movie show. All right, it's a Michael Douglas reference. These all, everything tracks. There's nothing okay. There's nothing out of Sorry. out of bounds here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The show is still on the rails. Sure. This is all. So it's a religious show. <laughs> Okay. That's what we're doing today. Gotcha. Everyone open your Bibles to to John chapter 3, uh, verse 35. Drew go ahead and uh, lead us. Oh, you forgot I, your Bible? Okay, I, I'll read mine. I, I, I burned it. You burned it? No. That's fine. Uh, oh, under that upside down cross? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> That's what's going on right behind me right That's now. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I was wondering where that... You, That's what I was smoking you, fire from. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not hallucination. No, I'm currently burning my Bible underneath the that upside-down cross. One of your, thought, that's one of your survival tips, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. T- tip one to survive Valentine's Day. Burn your Bible. Burn your Bible under upside-down cross. Oh. Um, no, I was going to say... Uh, what was I going to say? I have no idea. So we <laughs> saw a couple of movies. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, read, I'll read the verse. John 3, 35. Okay. Is, uh, Jesus wept. Because <laughs> he, he heard our show. Yeah. Uh, St. Maud. We saw St. Maud. We did. 824 St. Maud. Yeah. Uh, saw some people, like in our own Facebook group and Twitter, people posting about it online because they were, uh, I guess, seen it on VOD or whatever. And also, I had seen already some buzz on the interwebs, yeah, I mean, I, on film, I, Twitter, and all, whatnot. All I knew was 824, mm-hmm. maybe or maybe not scary, depending on how you take movies. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's a quote horror movie, but is it but really is scary, it? though? It depends on what you find I mean, scary. Well, exactly. Like, this is a horror movie in the way The Witch is a horror movie, yeah. and Hereditary yeah. is a horror movie. Yeah, sure, and absolutely. Midsummer is a horror movie. Like, Rosemary's not, Baby is Yeah, is, like, it's uh, not. Because it's more of a character thriller. It's psychological. It's definitely more of a psychological thriller. Yeah, it's about it's about a fucked up person or oh, people, yeah. uh-huh. uh, maybe a situation. So it's a mood piece. It's atmosphere. Yeah, it's not necessarily, you know, Freddy Krueger coming to get you in yeah, your dreams exactly. or slasher in the woods with with a mask. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. it's 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 different. It's this lady. Who uh, goes by Maud, and she's uh, works for like one of these um, like religious healthcare out out service things. Yeah, I see hospice care. Though, hospice care. Yes, there you go. So basically, just dying people. Exactly, making sure people are comfortable while they die. While they die. So she uh, has her patients and gets a little obsessed with this person, and then um, well, and they keep referring to a, a previous one too that kind of seems like maybe the same thing happened. Yes, there is. <laughs> yes, there is. Uh, so there's like a mystery to the movie about what is this person's backstory and then a further mystery as to uh well what is this person perceiving uh and it's pretty well done i gotta say yeah pretty pretty well i also want to say this um this is the third movie we've seen at the enzine theater Mm -hmm. since the pandemic yeah uh including going to see tenet 
and Akira re-releases at Regal. Uh, this is by far than most people I've seen in a movie theater seen in a movie. Still super spread out, too. Pretty and, spread and out. Really not that many people. Pretty spread out. Uh, yeah, it felt like... Because they took, you know, they take away chairs and tables because they can at that theater. Yep. Uh, I was like, man, are there a lot of people here? Or is it just like... Spaced appropriately. Spaced out and, and close to capacity, but for the no. limited capacity that it is. Anyway, there's a... So yeah, people want to see these goddamn movies. Even this little e 24 psychological thriller horror film that is not commercial. No. I can I already see this popping up on a well, it's gonna be on Epics for the next thirty days no. before it pops up wherever else. I can already see this being a movie that like people pull it up and start watching and they're like, Man, fuck this movie. You know. No. Even getting to the end and be like, mm-hmm. What uh, it was stupid, I don't get it. Yep. It's not a straightforward no full of exposition Mm-mm. here's what's happening kind you, of movie you, you've got to figure it out for yourself and if, and if you yeah. don't figure it out you're gonna be way confused you've got to be watching it and i am glad we did see it in a theater yeah 100 percent. because i would be watching this movie if i started at home good chance in that first 30 40 minutes i'd be on my phone yeah you know i'd be dicking around doing nope. something that instead of giving the Thinking about something else, maybe maybe even closing my eyes for a moment and falling asleep. Yeah, because how I'm at home, I got my feet up. I'm in my I'm in my uh, my house shorts and my my little tank top. Your AC chilling. AC is cranking. I got I'm I'm a drinking like long. Mm-hmm. You're getting so much. Uh, and I'm like, oh, what, what happened? Oh, movie. Damn it. <laughs> the, maybe that's me recreating Judas and the Black Messiah. My watch experience <laughs> of that. Um, not to say anything against the movies themselves. It's just like, yeah, you're home, you're comfortable. Yeah. It's a different environment. I'm like, man, watching this movie, but in the back of my head, I'm like, should I take that gelato out of the freezer now <laughs> and let it soften a bit so I can like time? Then a movie, then I can eat my nice soft. Oh, the dryer's done. I better go get that. Yeah, <laughs> should I pause the movie? Like, nah, nah. I, can, I can hear it from <laughs> over fine. there. Yeah, I'm listening. I'm, I'm not listening. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then I get back. What happened? Damn it. It, yes, it's a different experience. I'm glad we saw it in a theater. It feels... Uh, well, it commands your attention more. And it deserves that attention because it builds in a nice way mm-hmm. and a pretty, pretty solid ending, I Oh, I mean, say. fantastic ending. Yeah. I mean, that... No spoilers, but yeah, great no, ending. That, yeah, that, that, like, the very, very, very end great, is, great like... Great, last shot. The, the last shot's probably one of the greatest last shots in all movie history. Yeah, the excellent, excellent last shot. It, um... It's a type of thing where it's like a, the last shot happens and it's pretty quick too. Oh yeah, no, it's no more than maybe like half a second. Yeah, it's it's surprisingly quick, and then um, and then it says like Saint Maud, and, yeah. and it's the end of the movie title uh, credits. As soon as that happened, I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna remember that. It's like sub, like subconsciously I thought like, as, oh, that's that's now logged in my brain. No, that's yeah, not going no, anywhere. As soon as it happened, not only did it immediately get logged in my brain, but I also chuckled. I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the humor of it immediately. Yeah. It's like, uh-huh. I was like, that's, <laughs> of course, that's a fucked up way. To, that's a fucked up way to end this movie, but it works. It's yeah. perfect. Uh-huh. And and yeah, now in my brain there's like this distorted image of what is already like some a distorted crazy image. Yeah. Uh, that's a mark of a good goddamn good movie good, yeah. like well made uh, because it built up to something that was like totally worth it worth it it, it was worth uh, what they did right. that was yeah 100%. I enjoyed it yeah. 
Saint Maud. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoiler. That's pretty spoiler free. I think we yeah. really didn't get too into. I even. I haven't even seen it. I didn't see the trailer beforehand. No, I didn't watch any trailer. No, and I still haven't seen it, so I don't know like what the marketing has allowed to be out there. Doesn't matter. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned. But I I'm, mean, I that's what I use sometimes to tell how it, how much I can talk about a movie before before it's in wide wide release. No. Like if they're willing to put this out there in the marketing, then I'll talk about it in my review. But if it's outside of the O's bounds, then I you know. No. But I have no idea what this one is. Mm-hmm. Oh, A24. It's a lady on a poster. That's all I know. The big block. I mean, all, all you got to tell me is A24, and I'm pretty much there. Tell me A24 horror. You got my attention. They they get me more yeah. times than not. Uh, they got some good stuff going on over there. God damn it. They, good, good, um, good tastemakers. Judas and the Black Messiah mentioned it already. Yeah. Another religious uh, in tone. <laughs> not, yeah, not really. A little bit. I mean, in the titling itself, you got... Well, the titling, yeah, yes. It's very bold. Judas, right? Your lead characters are Judas. No. Keith Stanfield. Uh-huh. Uh, what's this guy's name? O'Neill William... Bill O'Neill. Bill. Wild William. Bill. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, playing a lead guy, a real dude. All these people obviously are real. Daniel Kaluuya playing Chairman Fred Thompson. Fat, chairman. Fat Daniel Kaluuya. Kind of looking chunky, right? Probably because he felt he needed to. Well, he definitely needed. I mean, if he's going to be playing Fred, he's got to fill out. You wanted to look like a bigger guy, (laughs) but all right. So here's my issue. I think he's a great actor. He did a great job, right? But they even showed a clip of Fred Hampton at At the the very end, Um, and immediately, immediately, my mind went to John Boyega at uh, at the protest last summer, yelling to a microphone. I was like, Kaluuya, even at 31, 32, is too old. Yeah. This guy was only twenty one years old uh, when they when mm-hmm. the state killed him, and uh, like, how's Boyega? He's got to be twenty three, maybe twenty four. Like he's still right around that same age. He still has that youthful look to him and that feel that yeah. would work. I don't know. Should have been John Boyega, but I still like Kaluuya, yeah. and he did a good job. And it's a really good movie, I think. It was. It was fantastic. Yeah, really. really. HBO. It still made two million dollars at the box office, apparently. In, in about 1,800 screens. Okay. You know, the old no. uh, Warner Brothers, HBO, uh, same release date in mm-hmm. theaters and whatever. Two million's not bad. And it's only going to be on HBO Max until March 14th. Yeah. And then they're going to pull it. month. Yeah, for one month. And then it, it's gone for like... However long, and they'll be back. Two months, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not gone for very long. It'll be back. Um... Weird how no one's asking for Wonder Woman 84 to come back. Like, no, how come I, yeah. I missed nope. it? I was uh-uh. saying, oh, no. that's strange. That's a weird thing. Yeah. Stanfield. Killing it. So good. What the hell? And the wardrobe. Woo! <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> what are we, this is like... God the, damn, I wish I looked that good in clothes. This is early 60s? Uh-huh. When was this? Early 60s? Right? 62, no, 64, I think, I think. Maybe late 60s. Maybe late 60s. It looks so... Everyone looks so good. No. Yeah, the, the wardrobe. Well, not everyone. The um the disciples look like a bunch of cheap white trash pieces well, because because they are oh yeah that's right <laughs> I forgot about that um I did like all the co- the color coded berets that, that was fun <laughs> that helped yeah so you can tell who's who uh, by the end I was like oh shit the crowns are here. <laughs> at least I, and I know I know it's some crowns and the uh, the young the young lords the young kings the Latin kings like they got the whites and the Puerto Ricans yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's a bummer of a movie, though. Well, I mean, you know, historically accurate, historical yeah. accuracy tends to do that. Yeah, uh, uh, and historically accurate, at least in terms of like the big plot points. Yeah. and and the, and again, the reason it's religious is because uh, like 
like the Messiah, uh, like the story of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, it was a state-sanctioned murder. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, fascism at its best slash worst, depending on your view, depending on <laughs> on who's being protected and uh-huh. what. Yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. Worked out. Worked out great for the uh, the rich whites. Uh huh. Uh, yeah. And the middle class whites. And everybody else, it sucked very hard for them. It sucks for everyone else. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Malcolm was like. Uh, we should we should strike back, and they killed him. And then Martin Luther King was like, "We should be peaceful." And then they, they killed, killed him. him. Like, what are you gonna, What are you gonna do? <laughs> and Fred was like, "Maybe a little bit of both." Yeah. Oh, I'm dead too. Yeah, Fred was like, "Let's yeah, let's work together, <laughs> and, and we can be violent, but we don't have to be dead." <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Didn't get a chance to work it out. And then, well, uh, I, I mean, Chris, th- that's things like that are the reason why we're still dealing with this problem in the year 2021. Wow, wow. It, it, it even seems it even seems worse somehow because there's a now a state sanctioned uprising. So, yeah. Failed, failed, failed coup that, yeah. that they'll follow up on surely in a the, few years. This is, and... this is what happens when you leave major issues on the back burner. Yeah. Oh, boy. It sucks. So, it's really well done, but it's also at the end. It's like, oh, the guy. Yeah. And then they do give you some. It's in the old. You know, so many movies do this where it's like real facts, real story. Oh. So, it's like, well, now here's the. This happened to this the person. Aftermath. Yeah, it's it's my favorite part of the Law and Order episodes. It, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> when it gives you the summation. Yeah. Oh, thank God they tell you. Thank God <laughs> that was gonna keep me up at night if I didn't know what happened to Susie and her missing baby. Exactly. Um, the they give you a decent amount of like or follow up on this person, this person. Here's what happened that that happened there, and like the final one that they bit of information to give you does is intended to be like. And the struggle continues, and we continue fighting, and, uh, yeah, like, like sure, he was, uh, Hampton was killed, but, you know, his, his legacy lives on, et cetera, et cetera, but it's still just like, man, they killed him. Yeah. <laughs> that shit yeah. sucks. I mean, no. Yeah. It's usually what works, Chris. It is the way it works, and, um, yeah, so. Yeah. It was a bummer. Mm-hmm. The best scenes are probably all the all the speechifyings. Yeah, a lot, a lot of good monologues and mm-hmm. and things like that. A lot of a lot of good basic ideas being put out there in the form of um, entertainment, which is mm-hmm. the best sort of well, it's, best thing to do with these kind of movies. It's it's the it's the sneaky way of doing it. If you keep the people entertained and you can still you know push some sort of real message, then uh, push that hit, push that message. You hit the nail on the head. I mean, the Republicans approved. You can do it for a long time. Yeah, they've been doing it not not necessarily in movies, <laughs> but in other ways. Absolutely, they've been so, pushing messaging, messaging, messaging. Oh. Uh, that's why they call that shit programming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but this 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 is good. This is good. Both of them are good. Those are both good movies. Is Saint Maud a twenty twenty one movie? It Maybe might, it might be. It might be a twenty twenty one movie. Um, that's very good. Judas and the Black Messiah first. Uh, I mean, would you call it how? What you call it? good, very good, great. If you were gonna scale it in some way, what I do you mean, think? It's full of great as, performances, that's for sure. As a movie, good. Yeah. As a historical movie, very good. Sure. I mean, the acting, I would say, probably the best part. Yeah, the acting. So. Again, the speeches. Yeah. The staging of those speeches mm-hmm. was great. Uh, but I do feel like the movie overall, the movie overall itself isn't great, and I don't know why, but it just didn't grab me yeah. in the same way. I wonder why. I think it's very good. It's though. good though, yeah, hundred percent. And, and it's this person, uh, Shaka King. It, it, this guy's a, a, I don't know if he's a comedy writer or if he does shorts or whatever, but it's his first feature film. Okay, so it's a hell of a whoosh debut, yeah, for sure. 
looking forward to seeing whatever Shaka King does next. Hopefully he'll do something that's, I don't know, maybe more. It just felt generic. A little bit at times, right? Yeah. For whatever reason. Like it could I don't know what it was. Um, stylistically. Like, yeah, I wanted it to pop more stylistically. Maybe that's what it was. Because he really needs a man that's hard to, to stand out. Uh, unless you're like Steven Soderbergh, in which case, you know, that perfect framing, never moving camera is your style. Which, oh, that's a Steven Soderbergh <laughs> right there. How do you know? Nothing's happening. <laughs> And it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. And it's incredible. Look at Brad Pitt eat those chips behind that desk talking stats. I'm riveted. Riveted, I tell you. Um, all right, let's get into our media diets. I watched the Super Bowl. Okay. It's my one, the one football game mm-hmm. I watch a year. And really, it's just to uh, sit next to my dad. He watches it. Then, of course, you know, he was sleeping by the half. Mm-hmm. But then the weekend was at the halftime. I was like, okay, I watched the weekend. It's pretty good. He did a couple of the songs did with um, that Daft Punk. He, mm-hmm. he played in there. It was a lot of fun. Did you see any of that at all? Nope. Pretty interesting how he spent $7 million of his own money on the production, and he uh, geared a lot of it so that it would play well on TV. So he was like, fuck the, the people here in, in the stadium. Not even that many people here anyway. Uh and it did look pretty cool. Some of it was like some cool camera effects and and things like that. Was and it worth seven million dollars? <laughs> no, that's that's on him. <laughs> People have been talking about him for like a week now, so probably probably was worth it for him. Okay, yeah, he probably got more than seven million dollars worth of advertising. Uh, they said uh, CBS announced over ninety, like ninety six million uh, viewers across all of their platforms and everything. Which is a little lower than past Super Bowls, actually, which have gone up as high as 110 million uh, viewers. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so oh, they did this weird thing. So the crowd, right? They had some people in there, mm-hmm. uh, but they capped it. Obviously, it was like a lot of vaccinated healthcare workers were in the in the crowd. Um, but then to make it look a little fuller, they did just old school cardboard cutouts of people. Fun. And in order to sort of hide that a little bit, the cameras that they had on the field had a very shallow depth field of view. Yeah, uh, focus. Yeah. Right. So um, I noticed it really. It looked the best at the end of the game when, after uh, spoiler alert, Tampa Bay won, and when they won, and the cameras end like right behind Tom Brady and shit. Um, like he's super sharp. And then in the background, it's all it almost looks like there's people behind them. Yes, it's all it's all out of focus. It looks it looks cinematic, is what it looks like. It looks very looks like the end of uh, Remember the Titans or some shit. I was like, well, this actually looks. They should just do this all the time. <laughs> just use these cameras all the time. It looked cool. It genuinely looked cool. Um, game. Who cares about the game? They had a quick thirty second trailer for. There were no announcements for movie trailers. It seemed like it was going to be Super Bowl with no yeah. new movie marketing for the first time in forever. But there was a thirty second commercial for M Night Shyamalan's Old. Okay, I, I watched that online. Yeah, uh, that's his pandemic produced movie, mm-hmm. and it looks like fun. It does. I want to. I want to know what the mystery is. Yeah, what's the mystery? <laughs> so they, these people show up on a beach and then they they're aging quickly. Like, oh yes, sweet. Okay. Um, a kid like he he runs into the rocks and he comes back to do from hereditary. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> is that What's guy? going on? It's that guy. It's that swarthy kid. Whatever his name is. Um, and then there was a thirty second trailer. He was also for... the, the kid from Jumanji. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is. When I saw when I started watching the Jumanji movies because I caught up on those yeah. after everyone else, I was like, it's 
Hereditary guy. <laughs> it's the bad brother. Not bad, just irresponsible. Um, the uh, Fast Nine trailer uh, is interesting. There's, I don't, I, don't, I, I just want to know what's going on with the car that goes sideways through the building, yes, and why is <laughs> why is it going? How and why? How is and it going why? So, Logically, so what's going on? Yeah. Why is this thing? Uh, yeah. What what magnet uh-huh. thing do they have going exactly. on? Um, did you see they put this online? A thirty second video making of that shot. The making I of saw that. Yes, that's and it's like it's, it's, a, it's a car and a jack. Yeah, 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 but it's like three shots shot over four days, hundred days of preparation, like all the work for yeah. uh, nine seconds of, uh-huh. of film or something, yeah. and it looks awesome. It does. It looks awesome, and then it's also cool that shows how much um, practical stuff goes into making this shot. But well, then how it would obviously how they would stitch it together with computers. Well, a yes, practical shots. And B, uh, robot cameramen. Yes. And I noticed. Yes. <laughs> I was it's like, what? A, that, and, and they can have a camera like following that car as it's crashing through their I'm set saying. so close to it. Robot cameraman. And the way it slams into that truck and it's like for real just slamming yeah. into it. Like, damn. That looks yeah. awesome. Um, dude, that's going to be a great movie. I mean, no, it's going to be a crap movie, but nah, it's going to man. look amazing. Nah, it's going to be great, and Justin Lin, baby. Things are going to happen. Justin Lin is back, baby. It's going to be. Uh, it's, Chris, it's a Fast and Furious movie. No, it, it's, <laughs> it, it's a post Fast Five Fast and Furious movie. Is what it is. Is what it is. These movies are great. Um, all right, so that's Super Bowl. Uh, Alone. I watched a decent amount of season two. Interesting, Drew, watching the show now. How. I was hoping for a different setting, and apparently there are different settings in other seasons. Like this one where they go to the Arctic. Ooh. Yes. No, thank you. I'm looking forward to that one. But they did the second season again in the same spot in British Vancouver. uh, Vancouver Island, British Columbia, Vancouver Island. And uh, it's weird how they, like, the contestants were able to watch season one. So they're like referencing things from season one, like oh, I can do this, I can do that. And they use the knowledge from season one to like do better. They're they're doing better, and some of them have done so. They did so well, and they dominated their environment so well that they were like, I don't know. I set out what to, what I could uh, here. There's nothing left for me to prove. I miss my family. I'm gonna go home. Like multiple people quit just because they're like, I one guy like built a table. Uh, he was playing games with himself or like some sort of football game he made up. Uh, built a boat with some debris and shit. Uh, meanwhile, like 10 miles away, there's another guy with like a lean-to and struggling to fish. But he lasts longer because he just wants the money. Mm. It's a pretty good show, actually. I'm actually really, really digging it. Fun. And and, I, and I'm hearing more people talking about it on uh, podcasts and stuff. And mm-hmm. I think it's because it was all on the History Channel yeah. for a while. Yeah. Who the fuck? No one's got cable anymore. I know, right? But now it's all on, been put together onto Hulu. That's why people are watching Some it. Some yep. people are catching up on it. Um, <clears throat> WandaVision episode six. Pretty good. We're getting into the end game of the mm-hmm. of the show here for sure. Which means I actually get to start watching. Yeah, I would say so. Um, maybe after next week. Because of seven, eight, nine, there's yeah. three episodes left, three weeks left. Yeah, it's def- and definitely builds up to something interesting. It's getting good. Uh, not getting good, it's getting better. It starts slow, but it's getting better. Um, they could have, maybe it didn't have to be a nine episode, half hour. Maybe it could have been a two hour and ten minute movie. You know, and just not be a slave to, we have to do a 30-minute parody yeah. of, of a 50s show. Now we have to do a 30-minute one of a 60s show, you know? 
Um, I mean, as the show goes on, they start breaking that format anyway. Mm-hmm. Like this episode six, it's um, it's the Halloween episode, and it's like an early two thousands sitcom, sort of Malcolm in the Middle ish, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but if the episode is thirty minutes long, that was like maybe. 15 to 20 minutes of the episode. The other 15 to 20 minutes, the other half, or, you know, all the people other on the stuff. outside. Yeah. yeah, all the other shit that's going on. So, as the show, the as the scope of it expands, this whole sitcom thing, they could have just made it into, I think, one mm-hmm. one thing. I don't think it had to be so long, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I'm still I'm still liking it, though. Hmm. I'm still liking it. And I'm still, again, the, the, the little twist at the end of season, at the end of episode five, that continues on into six, is really... It's really good. I think you'd find it very, very interesting, Drew. No, I'm looking forward to it. You'd find it very interesting. But that's it. That's pretty much my media diet for the week there. What do you got for me? Uh, I watched uh, Batman, colon, Death in the Family. Yes. On HBO Max. All right, who's dead? Uh, well, it's it follows the Death in the Family. You know, it's basically the it's the, the Red Hood saga. Okay. So uh, it, it's that, but that's only like, it's an hour and a half. That's about 20 minutes of it. They took it, condensed it down, and then... Like, there's, like, three other stories. So it's, like, just... Sm- it's, like, a little uh, nuggets of the DC universe. But are they all um, the Bat family? The, no, uh... no. No, they're not. It's weird. So what is, what's the rest of it? Uh, one of them's something else. I don't... I don't even, like, I'm not... I wasn't all that familiar with the other characters. Definitely yeah. minor DC characters. But they, yeah. were, they were fun animated stories. I mean, people actually die in this stuff. So, you Ooh, know... Okay. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like people dying in yeah. cartoons. Even children aren't safe from being reminded of death. Correct. You like it? Was it good? Yeah, it was fun. And this was uh, HBO? Yeah, HBO Max, hour and a half. Hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Okay, Batman. Death in the family. Mm-hmm. Batman. Bat- Another guy died. And I... Uh, oh, I fi- shit. Someone else dead. I finished The Expanse. Yeah. So, so that means we can record we'll our up. Expanse bonus episode for yeah. Patreon.com mm-hmm. slash Crestwoody. So... Uh, but real quick, Drew, between seasons, I guess, four and five. Those are the Amazon seasons, right? Yeah. Um, which one do you like more, four or five? I, I mean, it's two different. I mean, I... Or do you just see them as equal, like whatever? I mean, yeah, they're pretty much equal. I mean, right. season five was strange because the crew wasn't... to. Like, we followed the crew, but they weren't together. Yeah, yeah. it was the, the season with the crew being all split up. Yeah, yep. so... You know, and it then, was what it was. And then a crazy uh, a crazy ending to one of the characters Yeah, that we'll be talking about in that bonus episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. So that, and then, you know, all the, I mean, it was, it was fun. Yeah. Good stuff. I think it's a good show. Yeah. Uh, not a great show, but for sure uh, entertaining. Yeah. And 100%. I was looking for, like, it, when I caught up to season five, uh, it was nice to be like, ooh, there's a new uh, episode this week that yeah. I can... Um, Devour. Yeah, exactly. Another forty-five minutes, fifty minutes. I mean, come on. Okay, and the expanse. Excellent. Very, very good. Very good. That's it. All right, and that's it. That's it, baby. We're gonna take a break, and then we're gonna be back with the second half of the show. We have some comments in our Facebook group. Uh, comments or questions that we're gonna read and see what's up with that. I have a whole bunch of news stories, and then we're gonna wrap this thing up for today so here we go taking a break we'll be right back
and we return to the show. Rest in peace, Cara Dune. That's correct. Rest oh, in, yeah. Uh -huh. rest, that's right. Yeah. Dunzo Bunzo. Gina Carano uh, no longer going to be employed by Disney or Lucasfilm, despite getting a number of chances. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it. Listen, it's it's fine <coughs> to have whatever viewpoints you have. Mm -hmm. Just don't go blabbing your mouth on fucking social media yeah. about this shit. Yeah. Why you gotta be okay? Listen, this lady, this goddamn lady, already got herself in some hot water, uh, agua caliente, if you will, mm -hmm. um, for being a little transphobic and for making fun of people. Who clarify their pronouns, for example, Trusa mm -hmm. Coburn's a is a he him. Yes. His? Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. I I am a he him his. Pretty boring, sorry. Uh but you know, and then the idea also of and this I had to read about. It. I wasn't aware of this, but the idea of just because, like you know, you and I were like cisgendered, like hetero dudes, mm -hmm. uh, we could still put that like in our social media profiles because it's more like an expression of solidarity. And that, hey, listen, I understand that some people want you know what their quote pronoun is is a kid, you know it's part of their gender identity and they're putting that there. So it's sort of like me being like, oh, I'm fine. What do you want? Are you a she, a they, a them? Like, I don't give a shit. I'm a he. What are you? It, it's, a, it's that sort of thing. Right? Okay. Uh, so she was making fun of that. And then at one point on her uh, Twitter profile, she put pronouns um, like bip, bop, boop or something like mm, that. Okay. So she's a bip, bop, booper. She's a bip, bop, booper. She identifies as a bip, bop, booper. And people are like, why do you got to be taking shots at trans people for? You know, they got a suicide rate in 40 percentile, unemployment rate in the 30 percentile. I don't understand why you got to like, why you find them to be your punching bag. Mm -hmm. And you hit pretty hard, lady. I don't, mm -hmm. Like anyone would suck to be punched by, by, oh, yeah, no. by her. Uh, she's a tough, tough broad. There's a Carano. And, um, and it's interesting that she has been like openly transphobic. And I'm sure people have talked to her about it behind the scenes. And she really didn't chill that stuff out. And she didn't lose her job then. No. They did a whole damn season two of Mando and announced uh, Rangers of the New Republic, which was going to be probably her show. I mean, maybe not. I mean, she, she would probably be the most recognizable character. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it would be an ensemble. Yes. And every once in a while, you know, the, one of the co-stars would fucking probably trump this shit out of her stardom. Probably, yeah. Um, But, yeah, I mean, she would be in every episode. She was going to, yeah. <laughs> exactly. She was going to be the anchor for whatever yeah. they were going to do for that ship. Yeah. Not anymore. She she out of here because uh, her latest her latest tweet was about... um. Oh, so if you're like right wing conservative, and I love how conservatives tell themselves too. Yeah. If you're a right winger, um, and you express viewpoints that aren't like in the the, the leftist majority or whatever, mm. then uh, you get persecuted just like Jews of the Holocaust. So she went ahead and pulled that card, and of course. Yeah, be transphobic all you want. This is gonna be like, nah, uh, uh, you shouldn't do that. But once he starts talking about Holocaust stuff, no, mm -mm. Disney shuts you the fuck you, down. You gone. <laughs> you out. You gone. So she's gone. Yeah. Um. Immediately, the Republicans who love to try to cancel people for shit start crying about cancel culture. Ben Shapiro, known uh windbag, uh pseudo intellectual windbag, 
has his company, The Daily Wire, is hugely popular, which sucks. And they're getting into um, quote entertainment air quotes. Okay. He, he wrote a he wrote a air quotes book. Okay. Close air quotes. That's uh, it's hysterical if it wasn't um, scary. And tragic. Very <laughs> tragic. The thoughts that these people are putting out there. And he, his company, Daily Wires, get into movies. So they signed Gina Carano to produce a movie. So, yeah. so cancel culture my ass. I mean, what the fuck? That's such, it's always been such bullshit anyway. Oh, you're canceled. So, uh, but she's gone from Disney. And, I mean. And that's that, Disney ladies. I mean, there are, the Republicans love to say, you know, free market this and free market that, except when it comes back to bite them in the ass. Yes. Because, quote unquote, cancel culture is the free market saying, we don't want to deal with you yeah, right now. Like, we're done with you. Uh-huh. And then they're like, cancel culture's bad. So they start the, the hashtag, uh, cancel Disney Plus. You know, yeah. it's like. Well, now we want to cancel you. If you want to cancel, like, what the fuck? Well, that's the, fine. You the know, hypocrisy d- is is, is wild. Don't don't sign up for Disney Plus. Disney Plus is doing fine without you. As a matter of fact, Drew Sackheimer, between the Mandalorian and Pixar's Soul, they have pushed their subs- total number of subscribers up to ninety five million. Yeah, uh, which is a little under half of what Netflix has. Yeah, but it took Netflix fifteen years to get to two hundred million and a pandemic to mm-hmm. get to two hundred million. Mm-hmm. Disney wasn't expecting to get to this number for another three or four years. Well, that's what happens when you put out quality programs. Put out some pretty good stuff. WandaVision's <laughs> getting good. Um, I don't know if Winter Soldier is going to be any good. That starts pretty soon shortly it, after it, it looks like an action buddy it looks like a buddy cop show yes which i should be fine <laughs> with but then it's also like in the captain america universe no. which is has been my least favorite uh section of the mcu for, yeah. sh- for sure so anyway people really like that captain america people really like that captain america um well i mean america f- fuck yeah coming to save the motherfucking day i mean yeah are they though no no <laughs> No, rest in peace, Cara Dune. Uh, Gina Carano, we barely knew ye. So, um, oh, this was just a funny quote here. This is from uh, John David Washington regarding making Tenet. Mm -hmm. Specifically, that there's some fight scenes in there, and it's like uh, frontwards, backwards fight scenes. Yep, yep. Right? So, here's this quote on shooting the scene. I was fighting myself. Yeah, essentially. Um, and it's regarding uh, actually how the cinematographer, Hoyt Van Hoytema, has used uh, an IMAX camera. You know, those things are gigantic. Mm-hmm. But he was doing like handheld, like shoulder mounted IMAX camera, trying to catch this hallway fight scene. And he got so close to the action that he actually got kicked mm-hmm. by John David Washington. So here's the quote. Um, this was so crazy. This is why I love what I do. There was a section where there was some hand-to-hand stuff, frontwards and backwards. I ended up kicking Hoyt while we were fighting, and I kept going, but was like, oh, I'm sorry. And he was like, keep going. No, it's okay. Keep going. And I was like, oh, shit, this is crazy. And I'm seeing Chris Nolan at the monitor like, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Chris Nolan's sitting there. Pulling all his puppet strings, going, yeah, Excellent. yes, yes, <laughs> like, hey, yes, it's happening. Uh, man, it uh, makes me want to watch the movie. Yeah. It's really good, it's enjoyable. Also, I haven't cracked it open yet. I got that, uh, the screenplay over there in book form, forwards, backwards. Yeah, I'm like, okay, let me see. Maybe I should read it backwards, and maybe it'll be forwards. Like, this makes no sense. <laughs> this makes no sense. 
It's like trying to watch Memento backwards. Like, it, can't, it can't be done. It's not structured that way. <laughs> it's sneakily not structured that way. Uh, can you imagine Drew Cogburn, Viggo Mortensen as the Wolverine? Maybe. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, we almost, not necessarily almost, but he was offered it. And this is going back to X-Men. Was that 99? 98, 99 is when they would be casting this. Brian Singer, very young at that time, but signed on as a director. Uh, Mortensen does not name check Singer, but he says the director. So we have to assume mm-hmm. that he's talking about Brian Singer. Um, and he also he brought his son doesn't doesn't have an age here but he says he brought his son Henry with him Henry Mortensen to this meeting so he goes to meet Brian Sager here's a quote uh, the thing that bothered me at the time was just the commitment of endless movies of the same character over and over I was nervous about that and also there were some things I mean, they straightened most of them out, but I did take Henry to the meeting I had with the director as my sort of good luck charm and guide. In the back of my mind, I was thinking he could learn something, too, because I did let Harry read the script, and he goes, this is wrong. That's not how it is. (laughs) Uh, And then later, jump to here, and he goes, yeah, but he doesn't look like this. Obviously, he's talking about Wolverine. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, the director is falling all over himself. And then the rest of the meeting was him explaining in detail to Henry while he was taking certain liberties. We walked out of there, and Henry asked if he will change the things he told him about. And I say, no, I don't think so. I'm not going to do it anyway, because I'm not sure I want to be doing this for years. And then a couple of years later, I'm doing three Lord of the Rings movies, so who knows. Yeah. Uh, but even then, Viggo Mortensen's son... Got an early look at X Men. Was like, this isn't. No, this is right. Yeah, uh-huh. And I know. And he was right. And yeah, you're not a fan <laughs> of the X Men movies. No. Le- less than uh, most people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've done some things right with some characters. You know, there are some offshoots that have been decent, but mm-hmm. for the most part, like as a whole, yeah, not so, not so much. They haven't. They have not cracked that code. Yeah, uh, uh, I mean, they did lay enough groundwork I mean like I said they, to get you to Logan yeah to make Logan work because Logan worked Logan was very good well Logan yeah well Logan was fantastic but we needed many Wolverine appearances over the years I was and a good say, number of I was about uh, to say we, we needed we, we we needed a the Wolverine yes before we could get ourselves to a Logan and even the Wolverine has its issues yeah for sure <laughs> Uh, and then also having um, uh, Picard, uh, why, why yeah. Patrick Stewart, mm-hmm. having him, well, having building him up, building up that character with having, time, the familiarity of it. Well, no, exactly, and, and having him and Logan really brought like a, a, a certain gravitas, yes. to it, yes, you know, exactly because we've seen it, we've taken it's him Patrick, and the character, it's Patrick Stewart, yeah, both him and the character, <laughs> the actor and the character, we we understand what he yeah. brings to a thing, yeah. and then put him in that in that situation, it's like oh yeah. Mm. Yeah, for the most part, though, it's been a bunch of uh, garbage. First class, I like first better. Class. I like first class better. I, I would go with better. Not not perfect, obviously. Yeah, but better for sure. Better. Okay. Uh, speaking of uh, better, Sylvester Stallone gives us an update on the director's cut of Rocky Four. <laughs> Hell yeah, baby! 
because uh, we all know we've been clamoring for that extra yeah. Rocky Four footage. Yeah, yeah, totally, hundred percent. I don't even know. All right, so I don't think it's a real. <laughs> I don't think Stallone knows what a director's cut is necessarily. Okay. Like just because the new version doesn't mean yeah. it's a director's cut. I think they're just remastering, maybe adding like a deleted scene. But um, what, what's his little update here? Um, it's on Instagram, and it's like a picture of uh, or it's like it's showing the a video of 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 a fight. At this moment, at this moment, <laughs> it's official, official Sly Stallone. At this moment, we are putting the finishing touches on a director's new cut of Rocky IV. That's a weird way to put mm-hmm. it. The director's new cut. Um, but it's in it's in mixing. It's in sound mixing. This thing's coming out. Who knows what the hell it's actually going to be. If there's even any... I mean, there's nothing to this movie. It's uh, the opening fight where Drago kills Creed. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, Rocky drives around sad and yells at Adrian. There's also like a, a sex robot in there for Polly, and then uh, he goes to Russia, trains, Drago trains, he trains, trains, and train, then trains. and then Adrian shows up. He's like, oh, he trains, uh, fight, movie ends. <laughs> mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah, we're gonna add more. Yeah, I found another training sequence. <laughs> There's what I did on the airplane. Well, it's and, a and long then, flight to Russia. And and then right after, we're going to play the one where, you know, Drago's son comes out. And then Drago's son, and then we're like, oh my God, he's got a baby. <laughs> I hope he doesn't grow up to fight the son of my slain friend. Oh my God, he does. And it's made an entire another movie out of <laughs> Let's it. Let's make another movie. I think we should make another movie out of it. It's a pretty good idea. Um... No, I mean, okay, here, let's chalk this one up on there. Not everything needs to be a franchise, okay? But here, here we go. The, the, uh, Sam Hargrave, who was the stuntman turned fight choreographer turned director who did Extraction. Okay. And it says here that he uh, is back to direct Extraction 2. Mm-hmm. And he sees it. As sort of a James Bond style franchise, it says, hopefully we get to do the second one with all the same team and establish a franchise. But from there, I will love to see, as a fan of cinema, other young directors who, again, can push the level of action. If there's no Hemsworth, I am not watching it. So, yeah, of course he wants to see other people. <laughs> right, exactly. And then he, yeah, I want to see other people continue making this franchise. But I also want my name to stay on there as an executive producer so I can make any monies that I can. Uh-huh. God damn it, Hargrave. We see through you. Um, as my personal involvement, I would like to be involved as possible, but I don't want to be greedy. There's a lot of other super talented filmmakers out there. Blah, blah, blah. Again, yeah, same, same line of... So we're going to get some more extractions, beginning with Extraction 2. Uh, the Extractioners? The Extractioners. Yeah, then we'll get the Extractioners, <laughs> the Extractionables. That's <laughs> going to be ridiculous. Team Extraction. <laughs> team, ext- team Extraction, World, world Police. Speaking of franchises, I mean, this is inevitable, especially considering it made some money. Sonic 2 yeah. is is official. It's announced. It's coming out April 2022. There you go. No, thank you. You're not excited for Sonic the Hedgehog 2? No. Uh, I, was, oh. I can't believe the first one even got made. It's crazy it got made. It's crazy it made money. And uh, the sun has a title. You ready? Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Yeah. All right. Good job. Good job. Hey, maybe maybe I have tails. 
Sonic 3, Hedgehog's Dilemma. Hedgehog's Dilemma. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> Did you see that Spotify, um, someone wrote a program that like you upload your Spotify list and it gives you like a snarky take on your Spotify. Oh, really? Yeah. I, Did you see that or do no. that? You should do that. It's funny. It's like, like, <laughs> no matter, sure what, yeah, no matter yeah. what you put in there, it's like, oh, you you're, you're a pretentious asshole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, although it came back, it said my, my Spotify playlist was only 3% basic. And I'm like, I think I feel like that's really good. That's not bad. Yeah. I'm like, that's no. solid. Uh, that's some very non-basic shit. Like, sort of, I listen to Wham. I like Wham. The uh, one thing it did come up with, like deep, deep into the weird way it comes up, is uh, it questioned why I listen to so much to Postman Syndrome. It's like, <laughs> it was like, there's a reason like no one listens to the Postman Syndrome. And I was like, oh, that's a weird one to choose. Yeah, but some of their songs sound like Tool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If I like, it found the thing that I listen to the most with the least amount of like monthly listens. Yeah. it's like now we're gonna make fun of you for listening to this. <laughs> it's funny. It's like, oh, we got another Daft Punk fan. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you should do it. I want to see yours. We'll, yeah, we'll see if we can remember to do it after the show so no one else can hear it or experience it. <laughs> um, Kitano Kateshi. Did I say that backwards? Takeshi Kitano? You can say it either way. <laughs> okay. He has announced his final film as okay. a director. Okay. He's uh, 74 years old, uh, Kitano, and they, his nickname, Beat Kateshi. Takeshi. Beat Takeshi was his nickname. He announces his final film. It's called Kubi, which translates as Neck, and it's a uh, period action film based on a 2019 novel of the same name. Uh, his novel, as a matter of fact. Okay, so, so he's making a movie of his own book. Yes, and... That's the type of guy he is. He's like, he did TV, uh, acting, directing, writing. He did it all. Does it all, did it all. But he's getting ready to retire. He's getting up there. So he announces this is his last movie. And it's about, where is it? His biggest career hit was Atuichi. Here we go. Kubi is uh, one of the many fictional treatments of a real-life incident. A famed warlord was assassinated at a temple in 1582, and uh, his battle oh, avenges dead lord in battle. It's a it's a vengeance. Mm-hmm. vengeance Go thing. figure. Samurai's vengeance. No. Hell yeah, baby. Uh, most people probably know. People are, might be listening like uh, Kitano Takeshi. Who the hell is this guy? Uh, MXC. Yes. Which is Most Extreme Elimination Challenge. Which was on Spike TV? Yeah. What was was always Spike in the nineties? Yeah. He was one of the quote unquote presenters. And yes, because it was his show, Takeshi's Castle. Castle. Yeah. And they just took it and like redubbed it. Yeah. They basically like uh, riff tracked it. Yeah, they riff tracked that shit. But he is like one of the main dudes who uh presents the show. He's a director. Firework is a really good movie of his. Brother is another one that's really good. Yeah. He was... Uh... He's the bad guy in Giant Mnemonic. The, 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 the overall bad guy that he yeah, really yeah. see. He's only in one or two scenes. Yeah. Uh-huh. You, got, you had another one? I'm trying to think. Maybe. Uh, he was... Uh... Do it. Just do it. Do it. Do most it. recently, he played the uh, the boss man in that awful Ghost in the Shell remake. Oh, yeah. That's true. 
He w- he's also is do it, do it, yeah, do it. Is he it. the teacher in yes. Battle Royale? Yes. <laughs> there you go. That's what I thought you were saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Isn't he the teacher in Battle Royale? He's the teacher in Battle Royale. That the lady from the Hunger Games swore she never saw, never even heard of. What is this Battle Battle Royale? Cheese? <laughs> Isn't that a Pulp Fiction joke? I wrote I wrote something else about students dying. <laughs> um, this is interesting. I have a couple stories here about um. Some good team ups. Lord Miller mm-hmm. got themselves uh, a new gig as producers for Tyler Nilsson and Michael Schwartz. Mm-hmm. Those two guys are the directors behind the Peanut Butter Falcon. Nice. That was good. That was a good one. That's a good, interesting movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, original story. Well mm-hmm. done. And those guys working with uh, um, Lord Miller. Come on. Yeah. Come on. This is according to Collider. Uh, here are the details of the movie that they're working on. Nilsson and Schwartz are in talks to write, direct, and produce this untitled film, which sources describe as a Cuban story that will be shot largely in Spanish with a very naturalistic vibe. Set amid the heightening AIDS epidemic of the early 90s, the story is said to follow two brothers in the Cuban punk movement who enter a sanatorium to escape poverty. Okay. Uh, I wonder if um, which one is it? Is it Lord or Miller? Phil Lord? I think it's Phil Lord, who lives in South Florida, and and he's Cuban, half Cuban. I wonder if that was his, if his story, and he's looking for someone to develop it for him. Maybe, or based on his story, or based on an experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he has been already connected to certain uh, Spanish forward projects, mm-hmm. and like Cuban. Uh, forward specifically uh, Cuban centric stuff so uh, I can see why uh, he was doing that there I mean god shit that could be good what, what's peanut butter in Spanish mm. what's falcon in Spanish man we're bad at this <laughs> but you're the Spanish guy no habla espanol oh boy oh boy don't tell that to Bono he swore that this, I, I told him this was a Spanish program he's like I swear this is not going to air in America <laughs> Because I have a contract, you know? Mm-hmm. I know, Bono. I know. Oh, let's see. Here we go to the next story. Oh, man. Um, remember, we, we love our politics on Cinema Crespity, so let's do a quick episode of Talking Politics with Paul and Politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember the the Four Seasons press yes. conference? Yes. Someone. Four Seasons Landscaping. Four Seasons Total Landscaping. Uh, so someone made the Four Seasons Total documentary. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Drew, someone was there like with cameras documenting the whole thing as it went down. The business taking the call, setting everything up, the people showing up, and someone... And everybody being like, what the fuck what the is f- going on here? I don't know, but apparently the president's coming? Pretty crazy. <laughs> so the Four Seasons Total documentary is, is coming. That but. sounds... I mean, it's... Super interesting story. I mean, and I like these documentaries where it's like Citizen Four. Like, oh my god, there's a camera in the room no. when this shit was happening, and you can actually just see it. No, like I can see it. Uh, let's see if it has here. Um, when, 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 I where? Wanna, like, at what point in time did someone realize like we got the wrong Four Seasons? Yes, and, and yet, and yet we're continuing. And then, yeah, and then, <laughs> and then at what moment did they plow forward? <laughs> Um, why am I finding? I guess maybe it doesn't have a. 
Oh, yep. So still looking for distribution. So hopefully we'll get to see it. I'm sure. I'm sure. Like Hulu will pick exactly. It up. Come on, it's Hulu. De- it's such a Hulu documentary. Just do it, you idiots. <laughs> um, Bullet Train. All right, we've been mm-hmm. following this one a little bit. It's the David Leach, uh, a bunch of assassins on a train movie. Nope. It's starring Brad Pitt, but the cast is getting crazy. So Brad Pitt's a star. Lady Gaga's in it. Mm-hmm. Kick ass is in it. Mm-hmm. Brian Tyree Henry is in it. Mm-hmm. This can be his follow-up to um, playing Fastos. Fastos in Eternals. Yeah. Fastos. P-H-A-S-T-O-S. How would you say that? Fastos. Fastos. That just sounds weird. I know. Um, speaking of Atlanta. We weren't speaking of Atlanta. No. Sassy Beats. Yeah. Is in it. Um, Michael Shannon. Ooh. Logan Lerman. Okay. Okay. And now Sandra Bullock has just been added on to the cast. Fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a big old cast of characters. It, so- it sounds like everyone's going to have a lot of fun making this weird-ass movie. It does, yeah. It does sound like it's going to be an enjoyable set to be on. Uh, a group of assassins who all end up on the same train for different reasons, but turns out maybe not. Maybe it is all related. Of course. Of course it's all related. It's a movie. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> Should be fun, though. Yeah. Should be fun. Looking forward to the... The bulleting of the trains. (laughs) So many bullets on this train. If the poster doesn't have the bullet train shooting out of a gun, then they're missing an opportunity. Guys, Drew Sakai used to be in graphic design. (laughs) Someone hire him and bring him back. No, don't, don't, don't. No bad. Bring bring him back Uh -uh. with promises of money. No bad. So of quick, of quick, easy money. Uh -uh. Say, make me my bullet train poster. No, thank you. And and you're like, oh, fine. Way too much work. I'll find a picture of a train. The Wonderful Wizard of Oz is getting the remake treatment. Okay. And it's not like. Oz is some sort of sacred cow. It already has the sequel return to Oz. It's got the prequel, um, great and powerful Oz. Uh, it's been, uh, was lambasted in space balls. Uh, like who gives a shit? Yeah. Right. But of course we brought, Oh my God. Hollywood's out of ideas. Um, so Wizard of Oz getting a, another crack at it and then there is also Toto colon the dog gone amazing story of the wizard of oz which is a musical Ugh. <laughs> that's exactly why i wanted to bring it up because i know how much you like musicals um the warner brothers musical is uh will be emanated a- according to hollywood reporter okay yeah and then regarding the uh live action thing in my mob or what whatever here we go. It's um, Nicole Castle. She is, is according to Deadline. Oh, she was um, part of the Watchmen team. Oh, okay. The TV Watchmen team. Yeah. So here we go. Cool. They were like, we like her world building in Watchmen, so she can help us yeah. b- build up the world of Oz. It was a good world. It was good world building. They did a good job on the Watchmen. Watchmen's good. Good Watchmen. Speaking of... Excellent comic booking. Mm-hmm. Another one of Drew's uh, favorites over the years, the Spider-Man franchise. Mm. Mm. Oh, hold on. I'm sorry. Let me take off that duct tape. <laughs> Let me, okay. That, take the duct tape off. You were trying to say something? I mean, they managed to fuck up Venom twice, so. 
You're going to get another shot. They're going to get another shot. Of fucking yeah, yeah. yeah. Throwing carnage, too, while they're at it. I know. Okay. Um... <laughs> Spider-Man 3. Well, first off, Tom Holland, um, the terrible keeper of secrets, they were like, hey, come on. Is Tobey Maguire and uh, Andrew Garfield, they pop up in this thing? And he's like, no, pretty definitely. Like, no, they're not in it. Yes. It ain't happening, so they'll be in it. Yeah. And now it seems like Willem Dafoe maybe popping up, coming back as the Green Goblin. I mean, why not? Why not? Maybe because this thing has too many people in it. Oh. We got we got Jimmy Fox's back. Alfred yeah. Molina's back. Everybody's back. Everybody is back. Then we're gonna bring back uh, too many Spider Men. What the hell is this? What the hell is going on with this thing? Could be fun. It could be awful. It could be terrible. We're going to find out uh, next 2022, I okay. guess. Some of these, sometimes these articles have release dates on yeah. them all I mean, the may- way at the very, there's a long ass may- maybe, maybe we'll actually get a Sinister Six just from, you know, multiple universes smushed, smashed together. That's true. They could eventually get a Rhino back, Paul Giamatti. Oh, December 17th of this year. Holy cow. Whoa, okay. what? Yeah. <laughs> this year, Spider-Man 3 coming out this year. Okay, I was not prepared for that. Supposedly coming out this year, Black Widow, Eternals, and Spider-Man 3. Well, Black Widow was supposed to come out already. Eternals was supposed already to... on the block. So... No, it was supposed to come out already. Yeah. Yeah, both of those were 2020 movies. So... It all got squished to 2021. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger classic movie being turned into a TV show original films director on board to produce. That's right, Drew Cogburn. That's right, Drew Cogburn. That's more of a Werner Herzog. That's right, Drew Cogburn. I'm talking about True Lies. Okay. All right. Actually, yeah, right? Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. Sure. Yeah. The story of uh, a, uh, a house, not a housewife, but the story of a bored wife who finds out that her boring husband's actually a super spy. No. I'm actually a super spy. I'm stopping the world with the Omega Omega Corporation. What was the name? Of them? We just when did we do True Lies? That yeah, was a while last ago. Year, it was sometime. last year. It's been a while. Um, the only thing that I don't like about it, so James Cameron is on to produce it essentially, but to actually do this show, um, director and also a guy who's done a lot of TV, Mick G. What did Mick G. do? Um, the Charlie's Angels movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, that this means war, CIA rom com, mm-hmm. action rom com. Yeah, with Chris Pine and Tom Hardy. And Tom Hardy and Reese Witherspoon yeah. and Till Schweiger. Um, yeah, he's not that. Oh, and Terminator Salvation. Uh, the one with, uh, with the, the, Batman. The, yes. Yes, the one with Batman. Um, and then Matt Nix is the guy who worked on Burn Notice. Yeah. So expect that type of show. And it's on CBS. Ooh, so expect that type of show. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the premise is fine, though. I could I see him squeezing out three or four seasons easily before yeah. anyone catches on. I mean, it's fine. The Equalizer starts soon. So, you know, we'll just take movie franchises and turn them back into TV and then turn them back into movies yeah. and vice versa. Back and, and, and forth. And then musicals and video games and back to movies. It, it, it's wonderful. The Matrix is truly broken. <laughs> We're glitching out crazy. Um, and I'm glad this didn't happen. Pacific Rim colon Uprising director said that he wanted to have Pacific Rim 3, which he obviously didn't get to do, won't get to do. He wanted that to end with a, um, a path for a 
Godzilla, like a crossover. Ah, uh, okay. Godzilla, Godzilla versus Kong versus Kaiju. Yes, precisely. Um, and that would have been bad. Yeah, that would have been bad because Stephen Stephen Knight is uh, he's not that great. Yeah, no, not that great. That movie wasn't good. I mean. It's fine, you know, being inspired by Godzilla and making a giant, weird, fun monster movie. Sure. It's something else completely trying to weave your weird monster movie into the Godzilla universe. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Just because you make some sort of giant monster doesn't mean the other, the better giant monsters got to be, get, yeah. get, get the separated, <laughs> you son of a bitch. Um, in Japan, they put out a commercial for Godzilla vs. Kong, but in that one, uh, Godzilla bitch slaps Kong. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely more All the, all the Japanese Godzilla marketing eccentric. is going to be Godzilla heavy. Yeah. <laughs> like, look at Godzilla beating up this giant old monkey. <laughs> but then all the marketing here has to be like, look, see, Kong can hold his own. <sighs> we have to convince people yeah. that it's not just like radioactive atomic breath. Uh, King Kong is just like a singed... <laughs> Yeah, it's just a, a singed ape, just like fuck. I'm dead. Yeah, a, a singed ape with just big wide eyes, yep. like blink, 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 blink. Just runs off because that's what would happen. <laughs> Speaking of Godzilla vs Kong, Adam Wingard is directing that, right? Adam Wingard, a case of uh, look at this white man fail upward. He did your next, which was like yeah, okay, that's not bad. Then he did the guest, was like oh okay. So the guest got him and his writing partner Simon Barrett Blair Witch. Which bombed. Mm -hmm. But then they got Netflix's uh, The Death Note American uh, remake. And people like that? No. No. They did not I like didn't it. Watch it. And there's a reason why they didn't like it. It's bad. It's not good. It is no good, this movie. So, yeah, you make a bunch of bad movies and you just keep. You know what? You made uh, four bad movies in a row, but. Well, no, we're going to give him a chance. At this point, he's had two bad movies in a row. And he had something else. What did he else? He had something else in there, I think, that didn't do too well. And then he got Godzilla vs. Kong. So, what what, what what, the fuck? Anyway, so he got it. And before that movie comes out uh, for people to shit all over it, he got his next gig lined up. So that was very, very smart on yeah. his part. And it is specifically, uh, he got the directing gig for what initially was believed to be a remake or reboot of Face Off. Okay. He has since come out and said, no, it will actually be a direct sequel. Oh, okay. Yeah. So cool. he's he's making Face Off 2, uh, pretty much. Yeah, I'm uh, okay. 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 Sure. Yeah. I'm in for Adam Wingard's Face Off 2. Yeah. Who gives a shit? <laughs> this white man failed upward, and he finally maybe failed into a groove that could work for him. I'm fine with it. Yeah. I like, the guest is great. I like the guest. <laughs> Um, let's see, we have only a few stories here. This may be a short episode today. The we, we, do we still have Facebook comments? We still haven't even got to the Facebook comments? Okay, we'll, we'll close the Facebook comments. Thank you for reminding me, Joseph Coburn. The, uh, Owen Wilson, he's in that Loki show. Mm -hmm. And he's one of these guys who, there's a similar story with Sam Neill that I can uh, bring up. But he had, like... He's stepping into the Marvel Universe on a TV show that's like after 20-something movies and it's all connected. So he had no idea what was going on. Uh, apparently, good old Hiddleston loves all the lore shit, all the Marvel shit, all the Loki shit. So he was the guy. Here is uh, Owen Wilson in an interview. He says, Tom Hiddleston, who of course plays Loki, 
uh, he kind of, or we kind of, you know, they were almost like the Loki lecturers. And so he, for a couple days, walked me through everything and the whole lore and showed me clips from the other movies and how it all fed into the story. So imagine sitting there with, like, Tom Hiddleston and his, he has his phone. It's like, all right, now look at here. And this is, in this scene, I'm a real, I'm a real <laughs> uh, dastardly devil. And I'm playing a trick on my brother, Thor. <laughs> like, all right. He's like, all right, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so it was really kind of Tom telling me about it and telling me about his character. And even in the way sometimes that he would describe his character, it was useful for me. Because my character, Mobius, in Loki is kind of interviewing him at some point. So it's kind of worked doing it that way. Uh, and of course, Owen Wilson plays Mobius M. Mobius, a mid-level manager at the Time Variance Authority. Whatever that means. Looking, I'm looking forward to that show. Of all yeah. the Marvel things, I'm actually looking forward to that the most. Mm-hmm. I don't even like the Loki character that much. But the show looks pretty wild. Yeah, it looks like they're having a lot of fun with it. Yes. Looks very entertaining. And then it's Owen Wilson. He's like, whoa, wow. 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 Um, HBO moving forward with True Detective Season 4, but without show creator Nick Pizzolatto. Okay. They are looking for uh, some writers to, to do. Make dark, twisted cop shit. Make us a dark, twisted cop shit, please. And uh, and they have also said if they can't find someone that they feel like, yeah, they can give us the quality that we're looking for that matches season one, really. Because no. season two, no one liked it. And then season three, it's like, yeah, it's okay. It's pretty good. Not as good as the first one. Um, they're like, if we can't find like someone that we feel is really going to deliver a great season, then... No. Okay. And it's not happening. Good. And I believe that they are still trying to keep that level of quality because they turned down Outsiders season two, uh, which is a bummer. But yeah. they weren't happy with like this isn't yeah. this isn't good enough, you know. And um, they want Misha Green to come up with a season two for Lovecraft Country. But if, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Yeah, they don't know. They're like we hope she can. Yeah. We're we're officially stating we hope that she can do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but they can. Uh, it's tough. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely better than like cranking shit out. And then... Yeah, I would rather you just leave the property alone than give me a season of garbage. Yeah, exactly, guys. Come on, relax. That's why I'm glad we didn't get that. Uh, in, in hindsight, I'm glad we didn't get that Mad Dog season two. No, yeah, could've fine. Could have been bad. Could have been bad. But now this, yeah, there's this one season of this show that was it's actually pretty good for just being one season. Yeah, it's like a mini series. Yeah, I can tell. Hey, just watch the show. Yeah, it's a mini series. Just call it a mini series. Limit, limited series. Yeah. Call it limited. Um, these guys. No, these guys. Benioff. Vice. The Game of Thrones bros. The Game of Bros. The Bros of Thrones. They are busy. <laughs> they're fucking busy. That's what they're doing. Um, they have a new project lined up. A third project lined up. What are the other two that they have? Oh, yeah. So they're... Adapting the three-body problem for Netflix, and they're working on a half-hour dramedy called The Chair, which is starring Sandra Oh, and the showrunner is Amanda Peet, who is apparently married to David Benioff. Okay. That's interesting. And the third thing they picked up is an adaptation of a book called The Overstory, uh, which I read last year, last fall, and it's a fantastic book. And it could be a good show. It could be a very good show. And it'll be great for uh, the conservative side. They'd be like, oh, look at the, 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 the liberal, fascist, the hippie, nature-loving 
capitalist I, Satan sons of bitches. I thought I thought they were liberal communists. They're commie commie socialist. So not fascist. Those liberal. <laughs> um. Oh, this is an, so it's for Netflix, and it's part of a. They signed a five-year deal with Netflix that's overall uh, worth two hundred fifty million dollars. Mm. Um. Yeah, this is this book is some real Lorax shit. Yeah. You know. Like, oh, what are we going to do with that precious trees? Oh, no. Well, man's progress is going to kill us, blah, blah, blah. That kind of whiny bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, that, the, the, the liberals just num, 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 eat it right up, lap that, lap that all up. Yeah. Uh, so, well, anyway. I think it's going to be good. The <laughs> reason I even thought of the book is because um, uh, I was reading an interview with Keanu Reeves, and one of the questions was, wait, you reading anything now? And he mentioned the overstory. And I was like, okay. And then I bought it. And then I got it. I was like, oh, it's a book about trees. Um, but then I sent a friend. It's a Pulitzer Prize winner. I was like, oh, what do they know? Then I started reading. Yeah. I was like, damn, this book is good. <laughs> Dog, I guess they do know something. Yeah. This book is good. It's a really good book. So, uh, yeah, look forward to that on Netflix in the next year or so. All right, we'll jump down to Facebook. We have a Facebook group. If you're still on Facebook, get off of it. But if you haven't, Join our group, Cinema Cuspidisto, and I put up a little question, comment, slash thread post for people to use, and most weeks we get Gabe and Carmella using it, and everyone else ignores it, but that's fine. That's what it's there for. So let's get into it, baby, and let's see what the people got to say. Gabe got at us. What up, Gabe? Lovecraft Country Season 1. Ooh, nice. Speaking of, hey. This show is well produced and takes a lot of care establishing themes and making historical slash cultural references. Yeah. That I appreciate the most because it grounds the story. Yes, there are monsters and magic, but Lovecraft feels more realistic to me than a Van Helsing or something similar. There are some good character arcs, and they all get a chance to shine and grow. The cast do a pretty good job overall. From the beginning, the show leaves Easter eggs everywhere. Whether it's the character's name, an allusion to a mythology, the flash of a book, it feels really smart in a way, and I sense that they were able to achieve whatever vision they had for the show. Mm-hmm. That script feels zipped up tight. I was a bit surprised at some of the love scenes, only because I would love for the youngins to watch this for historical lessons. It's softcore stuff, but it just felt like some of the scenes could be cut down. I shouldn't be surprised, being that it is HBO, and I just finished Westworld, which is bushes galore. Mm-hmm. But Lovecraft gives you all the boobies and man-ass and gay-slash-lesbian sex you desire, plus more. Overall, I'll give the show a B+. It feels like it should have the gravitas of one of HBO's flagships, like your Game of Thrones or Westworld, but something about the magic stuff doesn't get me to love it all the way. Mm. I'd put Watchmen over this show, but I'm not selling on Jordan Peele just yet. Just give season two a go. Uh, for sure. Yeah, I think it's all fair. HBO does love sexing it up. Yeah. One of the last places you can go to for some good... Uh, yeah, some, some softcore sex. Give me some sexy time. Yeah. That's part of why people uh, responded to Bridgerton so much on Netflix. Because it's sexy. Yeah, it's like, oh, look, it's a Shonda Rhimes show, which we've now we've liked for... 15 years but with sex <laughs> you know we can yeah. actually build up actual sex and people are talking oh my god you see that sexy show <laughs> the, the Bridgerton it's so I walked in on my wife I thought she was watching pornography it was so sexy like you, she ain't watching no pornography she ain't on blacked.com <laughs> uh, you would know if she's watching pornography yeah. you'd be like what the fuck lady you, you could hear it you'd hear it in the next room you'd be like what's going on in there where someone's murdering my wife 
She's murdering herself. With pleasure. With pleasure. The sweetest taboo. Um, it is a really good show. Well produced. And I think kids can still watch it. Yeah. Just because they're sexing it. So what? Then tell them this is how sometimes when a mommy this, and a daddy love each this other. This is how you were made. This is how you were made. Sometimes a mommy and a daddy are drunk at a party and they have quick sex in the bathroom. And every once in a while, uh, a, 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 a Negro woman becomes a white woman, has sex with a white man, and becomes the Negro woman while they're having sex. And then sometimes uh, you might be having sex with a nice lady, and then your foxtails will come out and, and, and suck the life juice out of you. <laughs> it's all it's nature, baby. Relax. My child, enjoy the show. It's a documentary. Just tell them Lovecraft Country is a documentary. Yeah. And, and you'll be good to go. All right. All right. Carmilla gets at us. What's up, Carmilla? In honor of Valentine's Day. In honor of Valentine's what Day. What are your favorite rom-coms? It's one of my least favorite genres, so mm. I've got to put Promising Young Woman near the top of my list. Nice. Fool's Gold is one of my favorites, That's but mostly a... because of the beautiful locations and not because it's a great movie. Hey. I also like 500 Days of Summer. What are your faves? I know Chris is a rom-com fam, but, yeah. no, but no Miyake movies, Drew. Also, what oh. sweets would or did you buy each other for Valentine's Day? No weed candy. I didn't get Chris anything for Valentine's Day because that would be weird. And I ate the weed candy yesterday and I had trouble sleeping. Um, it's a shame because Audition, you know, for like the yeah. first hour or so of Audition. It is like a rom-com. It's, it's a very yeah. good rom-com. It's specifically a very good rom-com. And, and, and then it gets real weird. Then, then it gets the real fast. Then that table turns. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's see. Comedies of the romantic nature. I mean, I'm a fan of Chasing Amy. Chase name is a good one. We got some nice pussy in-jokes in there. Finger uh, cuffs. Some finger cuffs, stuff like that. It gets very raunchy, very mm-hmm. 90s. They probably used F word for gays once or twice. More than it's likely. Been a while since I've seen yeah. it, but I bet you that happens. So. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Um, Shaun of the Dead's an easy one, because it says right on the box, it's a romantic comedy with zombies. Mm-hmm. It's a rom-zom-com. That's, that's kind of a, a easy out. No. For dudes, be like, oh, I like, I like me a rom com. Um, there, there, there was a romantic comedy that I surprising how much I liked it. Okay, uh, Crazy Stupid Love. That's the Steve Carell, Gosling, and Gosling Stone. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who, who's Carell paired up with in that? Oh, I forget. Some someone I do not remember. More age Somebody appropriate, yes. right? Yeah. You like that one? It's for what it is. Yeah, all right. Yeah. It's watchable. Um. Carmella's comment about liking Fool's Gold mm-hmm. for the locations, that's perfectly legitimate because I feel like that's a big thing with a lot of those movies anyway. It's about the production design, yeah. uh, the locations that they're in, the clothes that they're wearing, stuff like that. So, yeah, you can totally just watch a movie because mm. just like the way it looks. Like, I just want to be in that place. Um, swingers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what sort of a rom com? Yeah. What sort? Of, I mean, it's, there's romance in there. Yeah. There's comedy in there. Fight Club, Fight Club, yes. <laughs> a romantic comedy between a man and his uh, alter ego, and then a woman, and, and, and the woman. It's it's actually a three way type of thing yeah. in there. Uh, kind of a, a me myself and Irene type deal. It is actually me myself and Irene. There's another one. <laughs> um, you've got male is bad. But I saw it in a theater with the girls, I guess. So okay. It's got a memory spot in my heart. It's okay. A, that could be a tumor. I'm not sure. <laughs> or a cancer, cancerous yeah. doctor. The results haven't come in yet. Uh, monster. Is Mo- it, is Mo- yeah, Monster's a good... It's, it's very funny. Monster's very, very funny. 
Uh, that's a good one to sit down with your loved ones with your, to get in <laughs> the mood. Down, sit, sit, sit down with your girlfriend, watch Charlie Theron in yeah. Monster, and never look at her the same way again. And, and just get just get warm, <laughs> warm downstairs. Just get warm, warm watching that movie. Um, sleepers, <laughs> right? Uh, right. Yeah. Very romantic. Uh-huh. Very funny. Very romantic. Yeah. These are all good choices, guys. Yeah. Trust us. If you haven't seen these movies, just <laughs> trust us and just watch them. Don't look them up. Just watch them. Um, uh, ooh, old boy. Maybe the most romantic movie of the <laughs> 2000s, as a matter of fact. But watch the Spike Lee version. That one's better because uh, WandaVision's in it. WandaVision's in it and she's naked. You got to see Thanos fuck WandaVision. <laughs> I mean, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's fucking weird. <laughs> now, that, now that you think about it, that that happens in a movie. And people don't even talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Why don't people talk about that? <laughs> Thanos fucked WandaVision. No one talks about that. Or was it Cable that fucked WandaVision? Mm-hmm. Thanos is funnier. <laughs> okay. Because he killed Vision. <laughs> and he's purple. <coughs> you couldn't see it? It was probably purple. It was probably purple down there. Big old purple. <laughs> Big old purple swinger, ding donger, the purple ding donger. <laughs> was it? Was that your professional wrestling name? That was in Mexico when I traveled down to Mexico because I couldn't use my American wrestling name, so they changed it to purple ding donger. <laughs> the purple ding donger from parts unknown. No truth or consequences, New Mexico. <laughs> I like when wrestlers were from parts yeah. unknown. What, what does that mean? You just ask where he's from, Texas. He's from <laughs> okay. Texas. No, he's from parts unknown. It's from outer space. We we asked him. He said, "I don't know where I'm from." I, I don't know where I'm from. Okay, parts unknown. I always assume that to be like outer space. Mm. Is he an alien? Maybe maybe it's inner space. Inner space. Yes, uh, Randy Quaid, <laughs> Martin Short, classic of cinema, absolute classic. We're gonna have to do an episode on that for the Patreon. Patreon.com slash So sign up today. Pay some monies. Listen to some episodes. We're doing twelve months of Batman this week. Nineteen eighty nine classic. Tim Burton's Batman. Do you remember Batmania? Because we don't. No. Apparently, we were just a little too young for uh-huh. it. Just a bit too young. But uh, we have uh, some slight remembrances of time. Plus, we watched the movie and talked about it. So, patreon.com slash So sign up. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Crespediso. Instagram, Cinema Crespediso. But those social medias are dying anyway. So, follow us on TikTok, Cinema Crespediso. You know how the other ones are dying, Drew? Mm-hmm. How you know the other ones are dying? How? Because uh, the videos I see on TikTok, I see on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook in the subsequent days. But they all have the, they all have the little TikTok logo and on them. They the all got the TikTok logo on them. Yep. They're all slow, slow, slow. TikTok's where it's at, guys. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but we got we to gotta play along. We got to play the game if you want to win. It's Sch- Schrodinger's basketball shots. Right. Right. You miss... 100% of the shots that you don't take. Correct. But you also make 100% of the shots you don't take. Correct. Yeah. Until you take the shot, you don't know. No. Yeah, so it's all about how you look at it. Chances are, you're not going to make it. Chances are, that cat's going to miss. But, <laughs> shit. Uh, maybe maybe I trained that cat. Maybe I trained Schrodinger's cat. Schrodinger's cat was my tag team partner in Mexico. <laughs> Schrodinger's cat and the purple ding-donger. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen... <laughs> Musical guest Schrodinger's Cat and the Purple Ding Dongers. The ska band. <laughs> I was gonna say one of them's progressive metal, the other one's ska. Oh well, they're separate <laughs> bands. Oh, okay. <Yeah. clears throat> 
That's the end of the episode. Guys, thank you so much, Drusa Cogburn. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Uh, actually, I take back my thanks to the listeners. Listeners, you're welcome. You should be thanking us. This is a free episode. Uh, it's Oh, what? Tony came up with a name for it. What were we going to call it? The com- Commoners? The com- the Commoners show? This is the Commoners cast? Okay. This, this is for the Commoners. For the Commoners? Yeah, yeah. Not, not good enough to actually be a patron. For the plebs? The plebs? Yeah, fucking plebs. Oh, yeah, plebs. Let them eat cake, mate. Apparently she didn't actually say that. Someone else did. Okay. Shit, I don't know. But like it matters. It doesn't? <laughs> oh, no, you're right. It doesn't. Okay. Well, the episode's over. Goodbye. PFT Media Production.